Hey folks, it's important to us that in these troubling times we make it clear where we stand. The violent treatment and murder of black people must be stopped. It is a symptom of systemic racism and militarization of law enforcement that is reprehensible. We stand with the black community and all underrepresented people in protesting and fighting against it. There is no place for racism in our world. We are going to do our part to support the protesters who are standing up to the forces of fascism. The Stop, Hack, and Roll podcast network is going to donate the money we earn from this month's Patreon to the Bail Project. We'll put links for some places where you can donate and some resources that you can use to inform yourself in the show notes. Black Lives Matter. Here's the episode. Be safe. Welcome to Stop, Back, and Roll, a podcast about earning currency to spend currency to move currency to get currency to spend currency. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we talked about in-game currencies and their use in Tower Shield and the space between. Okay, so... We just came back from a weird uh, mini convention of the two of us in a tiny room <laughs> in a in a liminal space. Yeah, um, I discovered the strangest tool uh, for gaming ever Le- that I'm now kind of in love with. Legitimately, though, this is this might make me say <laughs> that we're going to do a stop hack and roll con. Like I could I could now see a stop hack and roll con. It's it's hilarious because it's one of those things that like. I I lit- I watched you experience the co- this thing from learning about its concept to being and being completely dismissive of it yeah. to okay no no I see I see <laughs> how I, this I see your work, work. <laughs> I, yeah. I see this I can see how this is useful um and man it is a whole thing say, say the URL cuz cuz it's an interesting little device it's called spatial chat um and it's a it's designed to be a virtual party and, and <laughs> just to kind of give is. you it kind of is to give you a, a um a big like an overarching um let's back up real quick <laughs> so we were playing uh i play i play a game on sunday nights and we were looking to we had we we're playing fate condensed which is the new version of Fate. Uh, another like, one? And it's a new... It, basically, I think what happened is they... Uh, um, I mean, maybe PK... PK Sullivan uh, helped write it. Um, oh, okay. This was actually probably so, really good. <laughs> yeah, no. What I think what happened was is that they wrote um, Fate of Cthulhu, which okay. is a new, another new Fate game. Yeah. And I think that basically what happened was that coming out of that, they realized they could condense a lot of the Fate rules from a 300-page book to like a 60-page book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so they just tweaked a couple things to make the game run a little smoother to make there were a couple things that were like, okay, this is really cute. But like in practice, this is a concept that's really hard to explain to people. Yeah. So let's just go back to doing HP the way that like or like stress the way that everyone else on the planet does it. Yeah. Um, and it's just a tighter book in general. That's awesome. Um, but so we were doing we were doing character creation, our session zero for that. And you had to um one of your aspects is a relationship with another player. Yeah. And so we were in Zoom and I had not set up the Zoom room to have breakout rooms. Okay. Our idea was let's just do a breakout room. We'll go off in pairs. You'll work out what your relationship is and come up with the aspect. Um, and so the GM was like, well, hang on, guys. Let's not like if let's here's the solution. Everyone drop the Zoom call. Click this link and load <laughs> spatial chat. And so what I, I, I know nothing about this. 
And so I click in. It, it's just a blank page with some green bubbles. Yeah. That says spatial chat. And it says, what's your name? Because you've created it like it's a specific link to uh, you create a room. Like you have to like uh, I had to sign up basically for a room. But you join. Uh, I did this later. Uh, and so <laughs> the GM had done this in the, in previously. Um, so you join in. And now everyone's a bubble. Everyone just has their own little <laughs> bubble um, that has live video from your webcam. Just like a Hangouts or Zoom or whatever. Just like a Hangouts. And the way that it works is you can drag your bubble around. And the closer your bubble is to someone, the more you can hear them. Mm-hmm. And so if you drag your bubble away from everyone else, you can't hear them. And so what happens is we then okay well like david and i are going to go off in this one corner of the of the screen to talk and then we broke up into like our three groups we're talking about our aspects and the gm can kind of drag his bubble around and listen in on our conversations um that's very funny to me because that is not like that does not make an enormous amount of sense as a use case for me specifically like that relationship (laughs) building i feel like there is no reason to not do it as a group yeah, but like I do, I, fate does kind of have like a more involved system with that, so maybe that is why it would break up. And we were also trying to help like develop some of like we were taking it as a time to develop relationships between the okay. two characters. Like, how yeah. did we know each other? How did we? What, what was our backstory? And, and we wanted to do it in a you more focused way. That's fair and quick. Yeah, because I I jumped James jumped me into one of these, and <laughs> James jumped me. Uh, I jumped him. Yeah, James brought me into one of those, and. Uh, immediately my first thing was taking a sidebar and just dragging my my circle away so that he had to come to follow me and then i uploaded a uh the cover of the masks book of course and then the layout for a uh for like a hotel bar because that is the use case right that that was that was like that was even for me and i was already sold on this that is mind-blowing because the the pitch (laughs) is like that it's supposed to simulate um, like a party space where you're at a party and there's people talking and you can kind of move around between groups. Yeah. But like putting a physical layout behind it was so great because the first thing I did was immediately drag my bubble over onto one of the couches. Yeah, exactly. And so like one thing that I've talked about with online conventions, not I don't think on the air, but kind of just personally, is that one of the things I love the most about conventions isn't necessarily just sitting and playing the games because I can play the games. Mm-hmm. I can be at home and play the games. Yeah, but like having like a joint space to just kind of like go into and hang out with other game designers and everything is kind of like one of the big draws. So, uh, and so even if you were awesome. like, like we had said, like you could drag, you could drag the map of a of a of like a convention hall, and then everyone could pull their bubbles over into one of the convention rooms. Yeah. And like almost simulate going to there, but like you could even do it with like a like everyone leaves and goes to a hangouts like at a scheduled event time. Oh yeah, and then just have uh, people like hop into the. Hop into the lobby when they're the main lobby. Yeah, yeah, so good. I think that's it's hilarious, and it's it's so funny because it's it's very the tech is very good. It's very smooth. Yeah, I, at least I saw it work with six people. Um, I forget what the maximum number. The only problem with the convention thing is I think there is a maximum of like forty people. Okay, maybe it's okay. maybe forty to sixty people, but I, still, I bet I bet stop back and roll con would not go over forty to sixty people <laughs> hanging around yeah. in the lobby at any one point. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind. So, like, as you drag your 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 bubble away from people, their bubbles of their live videos get smaller and eventually just becomes their first initial. And the volume um, goes down also. So, like, it doesn't just, yeah, like, cut the out abruptly. Goes down. So, no. you could, and it's, like, it's hear very conversations. Good. 
Yeah. And there were a couple times where I was like, because there, yeah, there were a couple times where the GM and, and two of the guys were, were having a conversation and my, the mother, the other person I was with and I were, were done. And so I was like, I'm just going to drag myself over here <laughs> creepily to see if I can listen in and see what they're talking about and like, see if they're done talking. I don't want to interrupt and then drag myself back. And then we were like, no, we're just going to raid. And we threw our <laughs> bubbles on top of the, the main bubble group. Uh, it was weird. It, oh, okay. Man. It, so it didn't yeah. hit me until you said we're going to raid that I realized that this is just like the most lo-fi version of Second Life ever created. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm yeah. a little less impressed by it now. It just the, for me, the thing that worked was that I just like when you you opened a Chrome window and it was open. I opened yeah. a Chrome window and it just worked. Yeah. And it was it took me a moment before I was like, oh, my God, this little bubble has my video. Yeah. And it's like it's displaying it really smoothly. It had cropped it into a circle. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell it what my webcam was. It just picked up the webcam and my oh, mic really yeah. easily. Was it, there was was it no, using like, my proper audio? I think so. Yeah. Nice. There was no configuration. And it's not the greatest audio because I think it's compressed a little bit. Yeah. But like still, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I might be getting very real about that. I <laughs> I could so, see doing yeah, that. We may or even just like packing con. Or like even if not like a con, like doing like a little coffee, like a coffee mixer of some kind. Like people have done like yeah. the the morning work coffee mixers. Yeah. You could do something even just logging on and being able to have like some co work space. Yeah. The um Can uh, we just have one open all the time and have like a stop back and roll lounge that people can co work in? Maybe. The mm-hmm. um it's the uh uh, the Shadows of St. Fleur folks yeah. do a like a co-working thing every Tuesday. And my problem with it is like my Tuesday is my night for editing and mm-hmm. I can't do that if other people like if other people are talking. Yeah. But if I can drag myself over into a corner and the- not have to listen to everyone, but then like pop back into a main group when I'm not when I'm taking a break. OK, so we're going to have to make the stop back and roll lounge, the st- stop back and roll co-working lounge. And uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah. God, that's it's okay. I'm a little dead serious gonna, about this. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not a bad idea. Okay. But let's actually talk about some games. Yeah. Uh so one thing that I've been I've I've now have a tentative name for my fantasy heartbreaker. Ooh. Is it not Radcrawl? Radcrawl is its hollow thing. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> okay, so first I so I have a new concept for how I think about how I work on games. Okay. Uh, that it's my it's my cooktop. Okay. And I've got one nice big pot that I'm really working on, and that's my yep, burner, back burner. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so like rad crawl, I've moved back to like the furthest burner. Yep. I've still got like that little side thing that's like the like the really oh, tiny yeah. one that's like if I want to just work on something quickly and like throw it mm. to somebody. Uh, but kind of like second front burner is uh, okay. is this like super heroic. Uh, super heroic fantasy city city dungeon crawly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes because god forbid you work on a game that is less than six uh like whatever uh, <laughs> concepts hasht- hashtag concepts <laughs> uh, this one's this one's simpler it's uh yes you've you've moved away from your roguelike car- collectible card game dungeon crawling <laughs> uh uh ro- ro- did i say roguelike um Roguelike arena uh, dungeon crawl. Arena dungeon crawler. Yeah. Onto legacy. a hashtag superhero dungeon crawl. It's uh, not a dungeon OC- crawl. OCR. It's a little OSR. OSR. Yeah. OCR. Um, old old cool revolution. Old cool. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but I, I've I've thought that I should maybe give it a working title, and mm-hmm. so it's going to be Tower Shield for now. Okay. Uh, because it's like all like big city. Like I'm, I'm picturing like a big, like very vertical city that you're like swinging yeah. around or flying around and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, you're defenders of the people and all that stuff. Uh, so I felt like that was like a, at least a starting point. And yeah. it kind of like harkens back to chain mail, which mm. like, this is me kind of going like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go back to roots and like do like I some really like, like what I still really like, uh, rad crawl or rad crawl. <laughs> Radcrawl Origins also is a little bit good, except that Radcrawl doesn't exist. That's fine. That's um, even better. Honestly, I wouldn't <laughs> like it as much if Radcrawl was a published game. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you're like, it's that it's the Dragon Age thing where you're like, wait, Dragon Age of Origins of what? We haven't. <laughs> wait, is Dragon Age Origins the first one? Yeah. So it's the first one. So. Am I not? I thought Dragon Age was the first one. No. I've never played a Dragon Age game. Oh uh, yeah, the very first one was called Dragon Age Origins because it's the first and it was one. Like, and everyone was like, "Wait, but Origins of what? Just, like that sounds like a prequel name." No, it's it's the first. It's like Batman Begins. No, it's like it's like Batman s- learns, and you're like, "Wait, who's Batman?" It's like save the first dance. Yeah, with who? The other main. Who character. are you even in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't this remember. Title doesn't tell it. me anything. I don't remember who was in for save the last dance, but. <laughs> I'm not going to remember either, but um, in any but yeah, case, okay. All right. So getting back to, to uh, Tower Shield. So what I'm playing with, with with Tower Shield is that there is a single resource that's like, I've called it Fury, I've called it Valor, I've called it Mana, but it's mm-hmm. basically like, you know, your ability to do a cool thing by spending a resource. And I've been kind of wavering back and forth on how I want to use it. Mm-hmm. And I've started to kind of like pin down things that are important to me about the usage of this. And I think that's potentially interesting. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about this. So, cause yeah, we haven't really talked about, uh, currencies a little, that all that much. Yeah. When, when we, when we ran through your rundown of ways to build a PBTA game, mm-hmm. we talked about currencies a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in that you should maybe think about having them <laughs> and, and then maybe get rid of them. But, uh, we haven't really talked about how you use them. Yeah. So I think this is a good a good conversation to have. And I have I have an interesting PBTA use case for currencies that I want to talk about. Nice. Uh so just to kind of give a general top-down introduction, currencies are the things that you have some of that you can spend or lose or gain in order to have things happen mechanically in your game. So like one of the really classic currencies is HP. You have HP. You spend that currency by getting hit, and when you are out of that currency, you lose. Yeah. Uh, it Additionally, like, lots of games have ammo or something like that. Spell slots in games are currencies. Conditions and masks are uh, pasiones, pasiones. Strings and monster hearts. But money is a currency, too, I think, in most <laughs> games. That's true. Uh, you could, it's you a could very... have... Uh, Oh, now I'm blanking on what it's I, called in Apocalypse World. Oh, no. I think it's actually not a clear enough currency. Because also, mm. in, in things like, I forget if it's in, in Apocalypse World, but a lot of PBTA, PBTA games have abstracted currency. Yes. Uh, barter. Like, like money, barter. Yeah. And so you have like a stat, where as a, which, which would then not be a currency oh, no. in the game mechanic sense. Barter, you do spend barter. You oh, okay. Tra- a barter is... An amount of money that's worth something. Mm. So like you have you've got okay. I think you've got jingle that's like, you know, you've got a little bit of 
little bit of cash. Oh, and like barter right, okay. is like yeah, an yeah, actual yeah. usable amount of money. I'm thinking about fate. Fate has you yes. have a stat called resources. Yeah. Which is just how much resources you have. And you just roll that stat and it's like cool, I have I have a lot of money, but not today. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a that is a thing that definitely gained a ton of popularity for a while. <laughs> and it, it yeah it I don't love it. No. <laughs> like like I like the idea of being able to say, I'm playing this character that has a lot of money. And then you just go, okay, that's a, that's like a power in masks, right? Like, I don't want a stat that's specifically. And, and if, and and I guess technically if, if the, the resources skill should be, how far can you stretch your resources? Yeah. If you have an aspect that says you're rich and and you're trying to buy a cab that like, if you're trying to rent, you're trying to buy a cab, you always do. Trying to rent, a, you're like you're sick of Uber. You just want to buy a cab go, company to take you somewhere. Yeah. If you have an aspect that says you're rich, then you can just do that. You yeah. shouldn't have to roll. But if I'm just like Joe Public, then isn't that a real person? Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, or am I thinking of um, Joe the Plumber? Joe the Plumber was a real person. Was a is a uh, is a well, yeah. It's a it's a plant, but um, uh, oh, Joe Public is a music group. Okay, so okay. we'll go so with. We're probably um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just had like a sudden like because I was thinking of Joe the plumber. I was like, I'm just the conservative homeboy. <laughs> All right, we'll go with Susan Standard Wealth. Okay. Uh, if you're Susan Standard Wealth and you're trying to buy a cab company, that's going to be pretty difficult for you with your Standard Wealth. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're going to roll a resources to see if you can have an uncle or a, an aunt that has a who will loan you a couple thousand dollars to buy a cab company. Wait. Do you mean Susan Standard Wealth of the Oxford Standard Wealths? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. The Long Island say, Standard Wealth. Oh yeah, but yeah. No, they they're not they're not nearly as wealthy as the Oxford Standard Wealths. No. Yeah. No. Um. But so that's a top down overview. That was not. <laughs> I thought that was going to be so brief. But basically, you've got numbers or ability or something like that that you spend and you gain and lose during play. Uh. Yeah. So. There are also fate points. All, fate oh, points geez, are yeah. a really good example of <laughs> experience. Uh, but basically what I've been looking at and playing with is considering some things for how I make stuff happen in Tower Shield. And so it's very easy to say if a player can make a successful role, they should be able to have a nice thing happen, right? Like that's that's pretty normal PBTA style stuff. But with the knowledge that I have valor or whatever, like this vague currency that lets you do cool abilities, mm-hmm. I think I want to set it up so that when you use one of those, you get the effect automatically. So instead of saying I spend a valor and I'm going to see if I can cast a fireball, mm-hmm. it's like if you you spend valor, the cool thing happens right now. There's no need for a roll. <clears throat> That's like, it's the flare and masks for the Nova playbook. Yes, exactly. But like everybody has it mm-hmm. and you have it available. And like you might make a character that doesn't use Valor very often. Like you could choose because you choose your moves from a variety of different moves. Yeah. You could choose a bunch that don't use Valor if you want to be rolling dice all the time. Or you could be like, I hate rolling dice. I want my abilities to be really, hmm. really consistent. I'm only going to take Valor abilities. That's interesting. I'm I'm a huge fan of games where mechanical choices or like character design choices 
change the way that you mechanically engage with the game. Yeah. And so making it that swingy that you could choose like all of the spend valor to do a thing abilities so you would never be rolling dice you would just be spending <laughs> currency like maybe not a little I, hyperbole but yeah like i like that a lot actually yeah because like what i'm thinking is you could have a thing where like you are a uh, sword sword mage whatever and maybe there's a move that allows you to like channel an effect through a sword and maybe there's a version of that or a way to set that up that is like a little more random that you can get possibilities of effects. And maybe there's another that's a way that you spend your valor and you get plus 1d8 on this roll. And you just, you know, you do an extra mm-hmm. 1d8 damage when you hit. And it's consistent. You don't have to worry about it. It's just there and available. Because uh, I was thinking about the paladin versus the cleric in D&D. Mm. Which is bizarre for me to be thinking about D&D at all. Mm-hmm. Uh but the way those two classes work, the paladin's healing is I would like to spend 13 healing points with my lay on hands and you're healed by 13 versus the cleric going, I want to use cure light wounds or cure wounds at this level mm-hmm. and then you roll dice. And so like those create a very different experience of play because you can have the role that you roll and like, oh, they're fully healed and everything's awesome. Or you can have the role that you got one on every die and suddenly... Yeah, the gods were angry with me. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what I'm playing with right now. That does make it... Um, it yeah, that's it's interesting. And and do you, do you have a sense yet of what you think will cause people to earn valor? No. I'm considering failed rolls, mm-hmm. but I don't super love that. I'm considering also that, like, that you get some at the that you start out with some and like you spend them throughout your day or you throughout your encounter or something. Uh, I like, I like failed rolls, but the problem with that is if you're going to let people choose a lot of abilities where they spend them. Yeah. Then they're not going to be doing a lot of rolls. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and so I'm, I'm still kind of working out like the numbers on it don't necessarily make a ton of sense yet, but my goal is that really all the characters are powerful and kind of cool. And so like anytime an effect is happening. Okay. Here's, here's how to kind of break it down a little bit. Uh, in PBTA, the standard structure is fictional trigger, mechanical event, fictional outcome. And sometimes fictional outcome comes with a mechanical event as well, a mechanical outcome. So comfort and support from masks. When you comfort or support someone, roll plus mundane. On a hit, they hear you. They mark potential clear conditioner shift labels if they open up to you. On a 10 plus, blah, blah, blah. So the fictional trigger is when you comfort or support. Then you have the mechanical play of roll plus mundane and like the hit, not hit miss. And then it gives you a fictional, and then it gives you like a fictional ending and a mechanical ending. So on a hit, they hear you. They mark potential if they open up to you. And so that creates the fictional space that they have to open up to you in order to get the mechanical thing. Additionally, the mechanical things happen. And so that is good. And that might change how you how you're doing and everything like that. What I want to open up a little bit is space for triggers to be purely mechanical. So Mm -hmm. when you spend this, 
you can do this, which is more the shape of the Nova that you like, I am spending my burn right now. The effect is that I grab the, is that I use snatch and grab the person. Could you, Hmm. Would it be interesting to do a move that is like that, but rather than it being sort of first person, yeah, be third person. Like when someone spends fury mm. to do something, you may roll to totally whatever. Yeah, and like modify or enhance, uh, block or something like that. Yeah, like that's that definitely sounds like. Like kind of like almost like a warlord from fourth edition sort of ability mm-hmm. that like you what I'm trying to basically do as I'm looking at Tower Shield is come up with as many different ways that the world can be changed and that the mechanics in the situation can be changed without ending up with a grid combat. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of indie games don't have as like don't have as complicated or as fiddly of combat. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes you want some fiddly combat. So if you look at like Dungeon World, the way that combat works is way less involved than how D&D works. There's no reactions. There's no opportunity mm-hmm. attacks. There's nothing like that. And part of that is that it's all very fictional. But part of it is just that the events don't directly connect to each other at all. Yeah. Uh, the roles are honestly, completely disconnected. I like reactions and intercepts and stuff like that like yeah that is that is basically the snowball like yeah done well and th- there's a little bit of the ma- there's some of that definitely with masks that you have like the defend move like the defend mm-hmm. move is used constantly in masks it's used all over the place and so there probably will be a defend move in tower shield but i also want there to be a lot of other reaction possibilities like, I would love it for there to be an opportunity for players to have, like, a cool counterspell ability. Not a counterspell that means nothing happens, but a counterspell that changes the effects of what's going on. Which is just, like, it's something we tend to not have an enormous amount of in the indie space, because we tend to try to keep things relatively simple. But mm-hmm. if you have your reactions and your abilities right in front of you, there's no reason it needs to be complicated. Like, there's no reason it needs to be hard to remember, at least, right? Like, you can have a thing that three different players have wildly different things that they can do when things get, uh, get combat-y or get whatever, but if it's right in front of them and they're not, like, having to reference in a book, you know, you can just go for it. And then the complexity comes from having different currencies that interact with each other in interesting ways. So, I want to tell you about... <laughs> I want to tell you about this game that I played. Because <laughs> okay. I think that it um, it connects with this in an interesting way. Welcome to James' it, Weird Game Corner. <laughs> yeah, James' Weird Game Corner. Um, and, and I think that it sort of... It, it does some interesting things that have to do with the way that the currencies work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly... <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the title of the game, and I'm not going to talk about the details of the game, because I don't know that I like the game. Okay. Uh, I think it's maybe a little problematic. Okay. Um, but some of the things that it does mechanically are very interesting. Yeah. In fair. that it has a lot of it has a lot of currencies. Yeah. And pools, dice pools. Okay. Or not not dice pools, point pools. Okay. So there is a playbook that I'm not going to tell you the title of because it is 
gross. Um, but <laughs> you have, um, so you gain currency by, um, I honestly don't remember the the way that how you gain the <laughs> currency. Um, but uh, what happens is you you are sort of a a, a tanky character. You're okay. you're um you're you're a defending type character. Okay. And so what you do is you have you as you do things in the world, you build up your like selflessness pool basically. Okay. And so the way that that works is, or I, don't know, I actually don't know what the. I know what the pool is called. I'm not going to tell you what it's called because it's gross. Um, but oh my gosh, this game sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's it. It's complicated. It's not as awful as it sounds awful. I think that it's not as awful as it sounds. And okay. I wish they would just change the names of everything. Okay. But um, you have so you have so the way it works then is like when you take when someone attacks you, you have. Uh, it's 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 you it's the person rolls and you take harm basically yeah or or uh, or the gm like is making a move it's vaguely pbta based uh makes a move that that results in you dealing harm and so you have uh an ability where you can use those that pool of currency to negate some of the harm and so what you do is you roll plus your pool yeah, and so the more of that that you've built up, the easier it is for you to get that thirteen plus because it's a it's a seven to nine, ten to twelve, thirteen plus pool um, okay. that reduces the damage by one, two, or three harm. But you can also spend the currency, okay, to stop damage go- going to hit someone else. Okay. Cool. And so when you are when it's on you, you're rolling and potentially when you're when the damage is coming to you, you're rolling and potentially reducing the damage by one, two, or three. Yeah. But if you are using you're spending it on someone else, they automatically take negative three harm. Okay. Nice. So you've you've and then you move the currency out of your defensive pool okay. and into a history pool. Because okay. you have a history and a future pool. <laughs> this game has a thousand oh, wow. pools. Okay. You have a history pool and a future pool. The the future pool represents like spacey um potential stuff. Yeah. Things that you could do. And history represents your relationship with your team, basically. Okay. And so because you have spent this currency to defend the people on your team, that point moves out of out of that pool and into your history pool, which you can then do other stuff with. But it okay. means that you are then worse at defending because you're the, you the bonus it. you're getting for when you when you try to reduce the damage to yourself is is lower because yeah. you've spent it. But you get a better you get a better bon- you get a better bang for your buck basically by spending it because you're always getting that negative three. Yeah, you guarantee the, the negative three. So that was kind of uh, so that was interesting the way that you kind of like I like the way that you build a pool and then you have two options. You can either yeah. spend the currency to do something or roll with a bonus based off of the pool. That's pretty interesting. That's works. something I wouldn't have thought of using is using like your valor yeah. pool for rolls. It's why I'm bringing the game up. Yeah. Because mechanically, I think the game is very interesting. It is. Yeah. I cannot stress this enough. Wildly overcomplicated. <laughs> Ignoring the problematic nature of some of the way the game works, it yeah. is oh, extremely overcomplicated um, because you have so many pools and stats and stuff to work with. Um, yeah. But some of the tech it does is very cool like that. Yeah. The character that I played uh, is a 
um, is the other uses the other kind of mechanic that I want to talk about. Okay. I was playing a Gestalt character, so I was playing a a character who um, a has multiple multiple bodies. Oh, and so in addition to my future and history pools, I also have dwindling and multiplicity pools that represent how many of my bodies there are. Okay. And this is getting into like how how crazy and complicated this is. Yeah, but. I have an ability called Collective, which is that I can basically make a flash mob of myself. Okay. That's how I summon more bodies. Madrox style. And the way that that works is you take points from your future pool, which is your potential to do things in the future. Okay. And you ante them up. Okay. So then I roll plus my down stat, (laughs) which is how scientific I am, I think. Okay. Um, and then it's a then it's a then it's a PBTA move. It's okay. A under uh, so seven and up, you uh you've hit, yeah. and you so you take at seven and up, you take you've succeeded, you've summoned more bodies, you move the points that you took from future and anteed up for this move, and you move them into multiplicity. Wow. Okay. So now oh that my you God. Move, so you've anteed up this 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 currency. Yeah. You've done a roll. And then if you succeed, you move it into multiplicity. Yeah. Multiplicity is a move that basically the number of mul- how, mu- how much, how big the multiplicity pool is uh, gives you different kinds of, Ring of, bands um, of... yeah, bands of, 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 um, of abilities okay. um, that you could just do because the, 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 like you get bonuses because to any, any action that would, uh, that would be benefited by having multiple bodies. Or like if you have yeah. too many points in multiplicity, then you take a negative to, uh, acti- activities that would be difficult if you had multiple bodies, like stealth. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Counter- you blend into the blend into the, the crowd, crowd yeah. that's you. Um, the counterpoint to that is if you ante up your future and you roll a six or less, then you lose that ante. Okay, so then you lose those dice. They're, I mean, they're not dice; they're just points. Oh, it's just points. a currency. Okay, because you're, you're rolling versus, with against something else. Okay. Um, you actually, I think, this is where the game, I think, actually fails, falls a little short in that I think you return that ante back to your future pool. It goes back to being oh. this kind of potential. Okay. I actually think a better way to do it would be to have it move into your history pool or yeah. or to go away entirely. Some other like pool some, that's some other to pool. get to. Um, yeah. Because I like, I, I just, and, and I, I have kind of fallen in love with this idea of PBTA moves where you ante up something from some currency. Yeah. Uh, and then you make a roll either, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but there's another move in the game where, so that was an example of a move where you ante something. Yeah. And then you roll based off of something totally unrelated. But yeah. there are moves where you ante and roll plus your ante. So the yeah. more you ante up, the bigger that bonus is. But you then move it to a different uh, a different pool, so you can't do that move again. Yeah, it's it's it, almost like um, there was there was I had one of those in Pasiones Pasiones in the Ashcan version that you could ante up a certain amount of uh, of uh, influence over people because influence was it it existed and it also <laughs> uh, was like you could have more than one of it and so you could bet for influence and then roll with the plus four. But that is another way that you can very easily 
use those like use a single currency like th- this is very yeah. complicated to have the currency yeah. move from place to place to place to place but it is one currency yeah it just has multiple pools that you move that currency between yeah that's true that's true um which is versus something like masks which has experience yeah, got, yeah you have you have team you have team uh, experience uh uh team experience conditions uh labels are arguably a con- uh currency doom signs and stuff like that doom signs and stuff like that that's a, yeah um so those are those are those are like i actually i think i prefer the one currency with multiple places cuz yeah. one, one of the the problems that i find in with something like uh fate which is mm-hmm. a a game that has a that, that wants to have a very active uh currency flow between players mhm is that if you have if that doesn't happen because yeah. the game the, the GM is like is new or some player is not engaging with the the currency system it drags the whole economy down even for yeah. the rest of the players who are good at it because yeah. that game is best when everyone is passing currency around mm-hmm. but this was interesting because uh it was just one currency for myself with a self-contained economy basically within my own character yeah and and actually, like, I think that you could make that more advanced with ways that, like, if my if I blocked, if I defended you, for example, yeah. and spent a currency, if that currency, instead of going to a history, went to you, that's interesting, would be interesting. And then maybe where it goes to, maybe it goes into a relationship pool you have with me yeah. on your sheet, but then you can use that relationship, whatever currency to do something else. And so there's a little bit of between characters, but a lot of within your own sheet i find very interesting i just i find that more interesting uh than than the sort of uh single layer kind of mask style where you have lots of currencies that do one thing well remember they all all of them also are used in moves so like that's where things can get kind of interesting like um i have the innocent in front of me because we played recently um but uh when you are uh, growing into power on the innocent, when you unleash your powers to do something your future self can do, mark a condition to roll plus savior instead of plus freak. Like, yes, the condition is a thing that lets you take hits, but it can also be like spent there. You can, there's moves that allow you to like burn influence over people in order to do stuff. Uh, there's not a lot of moves that let you like spend experience, but there's mm-hmm. moves that let you uh, like take a hit. Um, who has this? The legacy, I think, has it that you take a hit and your savior lowers and another stat raises. It's the, uh, I can do this all day. Uh, and so like that is turning, essentially, the savior stat into a health currency. But, like, all that to say, trying to take a currency and use it in a bunch of different ways is kind of what makes the game work. Because that's what makes, like, that's what makes a flow between things. Yeah. Uh, if you look, even if you look at D&D, you spend HP and spell slots in order to get gold and experience. And then once you have gold and experience, you're able to heal your HP and spell slots. Once you have golden experience. Once you have golden experience, you spend five ninety nine a month yeah, and you, you get, get more gems. Tier, yeah. Your platinum tier, you get more gems, your drop rate is better. Yeah. 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 That's my next game. <laughs> 
The one thing that this game did, the, the last thing I want to talk about is, yeah. that I think is interesting, is it split up your assist roll. Um, so when it, it has a, it has some support moves that are yeah. the way that you interact with other players mm-hmm. um, to give them bonuses, and it split up a before they roll versus nice. after they roll. Nice, so I love that. The way that it works is if you roll before they go, you're just doing a standard roll. Um, okay. I think you choose. So yeah, you choose which stat you're using based off of how, like, based off of the the fiction of how you're assisting them. And then if you roll uh, over seven, you give them a plus one. Nice. There's no, there's no currency spent to get to to get inspiration from a friend. You ask them to ante up one or more history and roll plus your connections with them. Okay. Like a, so you have like your history stat, your pool, which is like your sort of your connection to the world. But yeah. Also the team. Then you have a specific connections relationship. It's like an aspect, basically, that is your connection with each person. Um, and so you're then rolling plus that connection. And if you get a seven plus, then you add their whole, however much history they're willing to have anteed to your role. Okay. So if you're if you're helping them before they if you're helping someone before they roll, you just roll, but you're not risking anything. And you can yeah. give them a plus one. If you're helping someone after they have rolled, you're anteing up a bunch of currency or however much currency yeah. you want to ante up um, and then rolling. And if you succeed, you give them the, your ante as a bonus to their roll. But if you fail, it goes away. Interesting. So there's more risk after yeah. after they've rolled. Yeah. But you also know exactly how much they're going to need. Right. So if you know they're three short and you have three history, you can ante up exactly three history and get them there. I think what I want to do is have a generic help roll that is a relatively small bonus mm-hmm. that you spend like team. Or maybe you spend ahead of time. That like it's like I'm helping like you know like like D and D style yeah I'm helping give a plus two, uh, and after the roll, I think I would want to see some kind of expenditure that's more specific. So it's like if you like if you've got like I don't know you're like a defender style character and you've got like a super quick shield arm, you might spend a valor and immediately lower damage taken by D8, right? Uh, Or you might be able to, like, help at the last minute in some specific kind of action and, like, roll in order to give them a thing. Although I I feel like rolling to assist can slow the game down so much. Yeah. Because it makes just a single action. I think I'm more interested in rolling to mitigate consequences than rolling to make something a success. And also it really, if you're, if you're, if you're having someone roll to, to whatever mitigate consequences or, or assist, you really need to limit it to like one person. Yeah. Because if, if you have like a a party and three people want to help, that's going to take forever to have everybody roll. But if it's like spend a currency to now like the effect, uh, like the fallout from the bad roll affects all four of us. Yeah, versus just one of us, then then that's good. Or if, if we can all team in and like uh, reduce whatever. Yeah, um, I like that as a currency thing. 
And I think it'll be like really specific too. Like you won't be able to just, you probably wouldn't have a move. If you took a move that was able to just like mitigate any consequence, it would mitigate it very little as opposed to like, if you have taken like a counter spell of some kind, it is good for spells and is maybe good for just some kind of spells. And it has like an effect on the world as well. Or you spend, or you spend valor and it, you know, does the thing. God, sorry, this game, this, you have a history, you have a history pool, which is your memories, your connections to other people, plans you've made for the future. And, but then you also have connections that are separate to specific things. There's a small part of me that hates conceptual stats in non-conceptual games. What do you mean by that? So, like, the idea of having a stat that is future in a game that has, like, person-to-person combat Mm -hmm. drives me, like, so far away from that game. Like, if, if I am playing a game where I am, like making a village and like working out the history of my people and I've got future. I'm like, yeah, down. If I'm playing a game that's like, that's relatively down to earth and relatively physical actions. Like I kind of want my moves to be things. I, I kind of want my stats to be things. I understand. I don't really want them to stand for three different things. Yeah. Especially not three different things that are all like really conceptual. Like it's really trying to do like, potential and kinetic energy i think is what it's trying to do there that yeah oh my god the stats the the stats in this game are so the funniest (laughs) thing about this game is that you have six stats yeah six stats they are all uh they are all um opposites of another stat okay in a in a lasers and feelings style way okay Except if the laser stat and the feeling stat were not connected to each other. So you have like up and down are opposite stats. What are they? <laughs> but they're do- not jumping? connected. Digging? No. Up is uh, things that you do with your mind and down is yeah. things that you do with your hands. They are described as being opposites, but you can have a high stat in both of them or a low stat in both of them. They have they have a meta stat called doing that is the combination of the two of them. The meta stat is actually what you add to things sometimes. The game should just have had the thinking, doing, feeling, meta, meta stats. You like check opposed- that this isn't someone who's like part of our community or something like that, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if this is a game that is made by someone who is part of our community, I would love to talk to you because... <laughs> There are things that you have done in this game that are, I think, brilliant, but some of them are questionable. (laughs) I mean, like, part of it is also taste, right? Like, not like who has good taste, who has bad taste, but people have different tastes. And, like, I, like, even lasers and feelings, there are things within lasers and things within feelings that it's like, okay, so which is this? Like, like if it's too conceptual... It doesn't mean anything like, yeah, I am going to logically argue with them. I am going to make a pleading case. You have done the same thing. 
when you've changed your stats. I am going to shoot lasers at the enemy craft. Oh, that's definitely lasers. I'm going to close my eyes and connect with myself and shoot lasers at the enemy craft. Oh, that's feelings. And so, like, that kind of works because that game is a little conceptually. It's like it's at least light. But, like, I feel like goodness of fit with conceptualness makes a big difference. Like, imagine if you were playing a game that was, like, I'm going to work out the... I'm going to work out, like, the future spiritual connection that my people have with this location. And your stats were strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Like, that would be silly. Because 90% of the time you're not doing those things. Especially if, like, the entire game is, like, changing... Like, if your entire game is telling stories, and your stats are strength, dexterity, intelligence, charisma, wisdom whichever one I just missed. That's, that's not good. Just like if your stats are, uh, the vagaries of space time and like, I don't know, left the vagaries of space time and left are your two stats. And now you have to go battle. Now you have to go battle a kobold. Like, yeah, goodness of fit. There's a, I mean, there's definitely a, the game knows what it wants. It has yeah. a very clear vision. Yeah. And like it starts with a Carl Sagan quote. The stats are all like the the states of a quark. It's just a little too cute. Okay. <laughs> like it's trying too hard, I think. And if it had okay. just sort of relaxed a little bit, um and maybe changed some of the problematic content, but that's the whole other that's a whole like it's a whole separate issue than the yeah. game is like has some nuggets of real brilliance in the way that the 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 currency moves around yeah and but in other ways is just way overcomplicated yeah well my game's gonna be way overcomplicated sure. and uh hopefully not problematic yeah yeah hopefully gonna do not. my best for that but ah uh, man so so sometimes we have a recording that we're like, we kind of talked about a subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, currency is interesting. Um, I have a currency in currency. I have a currency that is currency in my a space between game. Yeah, and, and I still just don't feel like I know that I like it. Okay, it's just uh. God, I mean, it was it was Taylor uh, Labresh actually who, when when he played it was like, cool, you have currency which feels right because you're doing jobs yeah. and earning money, but then like the things you spend the currency on are to mitigate some of the disasters that happen. But yeah. like, honestly, those are the fun things that make more story. So if you yeah. spend the currency, you have a blander story. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, you're right, <laughs> and I don't know how to solve that problem. And then. And I never was really in love with the currency anyway. That's that's why I got rid of stress and influence in Pasión de las Pasiones, is that stress was a step between getting conditions, which was fun. Yeah. And influence was a step between having fun things happen. And so, like, they were both kind of just release valves that nothing cool happened at the end of. Yeah. And so, like, getting rid of those is something I'm very... I'm very happy I did. I, it's left me with very few currencies in the game. Yeah. Like, 
there is conditions uh experience is made is like depending upon how you play experiences in it or not because you can play without experience and and that's like the recommended way of playing the game and then there's like npcs and like whether you have control of an npc or not and like that's that's it and that's that's very intentional because i'm looking for a game that that has action every single time and has like a lot of events that occur and currencies can kind of slow the game down because you have to do some currency management. I wonder if you try, so, sorry, just talking about cutting the middleman out sort of. Yeah. Um, so the reason why, yeah, we have now jumped radically from this game that you were writing to this game that I have sort of failed to sort of like put the last 10% into, but like, <laughs> The well, reason why I just talked about Pasión also, so we're we're hitting all of them. The reason why I had currency in as like money that you earn is that I was trying to get across this idea that when you are a space hauler, you are locked into that contract. You're going off into space, and once yeah. you've committed to going into space, you do not like you can't come back early. Like you've got to complete the trek, and so you have a few key important decisioning points, and. Once you've made those decisions, that's it. Like, that's your only decision. Versus when you are playing as the lighthouse, you're on Earth, you have a support structure, you have friends and family, and you have money to spend. And so more of the options that, like, of the things that happen to you have options. They have, have, like, different ways. And the currency was a way to to regulate that choice making but i wonder if it isn't easier to just say let's take the currency out and just say here's a a card make a choice about how you deal with this and have both the options be bad (laughs) i think i think honestly that that can be that that can be a really interesting way to do it because like another thing is you have to think about what the purpose a player has when they sit down to play the game is yeah. One of the dirty little secrets of Pasión de las Pasiones is that conditions aren't bad. Yeah. Uh, conditions are an excuse for you to do the thing that you came to the table to do. Uh, it's the same with masks. Like, you came to play emotional characters. Yeah. And so, and you came to play emotional characters growing up, and when you have a condition <laughs> marked, you have an excuse to be emotional, and you're more likely to level up. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Hmm. when something yeah. is the fun of the game yeah don't, don't hide it, it. Don't make hide it, it make so that it come also, out as often as you want to that also solves the other sort of conundrum that i was yeah. having which is sort of how do you get to the end game because mm. the other thing that i was doing was i wanted to say you have a contract that says you can you have to earn x currency you have to earn 10 currency and then when you spend that currency to mitigate a disaster that has happened. Yeah. Does that still count towards the currency that you have, have done for your contract? Have, have done for your contract, or does it no longer? Do you have to have like because I guess because there was a at some point there became this weird fictional um, split between you set a goal, yeah, and you have and I so you set a goal at the beginning of the game between you and your and your and your partner to say yeah. what is the thing you're working towards. But you also, I had in the fiction said, the reason why you're going out into space is to have a, is that you have this contract you can't get out of. Yeah. As I sort of play tested the game, uh, the more, uh, the less I liked 
the you're trapped in this contract. And okay. the more I liked the uh, you're doing it because you have this dream that you're you're moving towards. Okay. And so I had said I was leaning towards you finish like the game. You can move to retire when you have X number of currency in the bank. Yeah. So even if you've earned 20 currency, if you've spent all of it, then you can't, then you retire, can't retire and get the good end. Or, or you, at least you can't retire and get the good ending. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if 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 currency just becomes a a thing that you earn and it sits on the table in front of you as a counter, basically, for how many rounds you've played. Yeah. Then that goes away because you're not like the problem with like that that whole counting too is that when you're spending the currency like where does it go on the table yeah and then if it's gone back into the the big pool of money well now you don't remember how many currency you've earned yeah other than you have to like do the math again um and so that's more than you want in that game definitely yeah 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 and so and, and and also i had moved away from the the contract and so because i wanted people to be able to bail whenever they they felt like bailing yeah. Uh, from the story. And so maybe if it's just you earn currency that sits on the table, like it's like the money, that the physical currency that you're putting on the table in front of you is the stuff that you are putting away for your rainy day, for, yeah. your, for your retirement. And yeah. then you're, in theory, you're earning other money that yeah. you're using to deal with all these other uh, uh, things. But that's your rainy day fund. That's yeah. your retirement fund. And then when you choose to end the story... You're rolling plus that, that uh, that bonus, that number, right? That can work. And then, and then all the other decisions the person on the earth is making is just based off of either here's uh, here's two options, choose one, or maybe it's just if you have X currency in your bank already, then right. you can choose this. Yeah, like you can that leverage that wealth sense. without actually spending it. Yeah. I think that getting the currency because I was I hit a point where I was like maybe I just don't want the currency at all. Let's just get rid of the right. currency because I yeah. it wasn't the thing I conceived of in the game originally, and it was yeah. a thing I added to add immediacy to the earning. Yeah, so that, that people so were that saying. you can put down like Pe- clink yeah. clink clink. People were saying they wanted to feel like they were actually earning stuff when they went out and did the job, and yeah. so I liked the idea that you would like you would physically like and 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 because of the way the game mechanic works, the the hauler is the person who is earning the currency. So they are the one who takes it out of the bank, and then they hand yeah. it to the the lighthouse, who is the person staying on the earth who manages the family wealth. Yeah. So there's like a transfer to between hands, and then they're the ones who spend it. You could you could make like a like a shopping list, and like you know, three wealth. You got a house. Mm. Two wealth. But I I don't I don't, I can't do that though. Got an electric because, guitar. Because. The thing that I added in the last round of playtesting was um, when you start, you now establish what is your dream? What is the thing you're working right. towards? What are you retiring towards? Yeah. And I had some people who initially were like, we want to sell everything and buy the nicest boat we can. Yeah. And then go sailing forever or go fishing okay. forever. And so okay. if I was saying earn two coins and now you've got a nice house, that doesn't work with the boat theme or yeah. that we want to go off into space together. Yeah. Interesting. So, that might be the breakthrough of getting out of my own way, kind of, with my yeah. currency. Get out of your way, James. Because I've wanted to finish that game for so long, and I just had to hit this point where I was like, I just don't, I don't know what to do next, because... Matt, it's tough. I can't don't get make out of my games. own way. Yeah. No one make games. Yeah, just stop. We're changing just the name stop. of the, the podcast to stop. 
Just stop, play, just stop, and be done. Just stop. <laughs> I'm not actually as burned out as I sound. I'm 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 having I'm, a good time writing Vazion. It's just so many pages, and I'm way more burned out than I sound. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> I just need to to not have something every day after work. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's just personal life whining. That's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so I think we've hit the end of this episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, one thing I did want to say is that um, you guys should, if you haven't already, it's a pretty small audience for this podcast. But if you haven't already gone to go listen to the mm. black like the hashtag Black AF roundtable uh, conversation that uh, Critical Bard uh, ran. It is, it's phenomenal. You should go yeah. listen to it. It'll be the best hour of, and change that you've spent in your life. Um, it's important and they are important voices and you should listen to them. I've been like told a lot of times that I've made like things that are important or whatever. Like this is more important than anything I have produced. Uh, like go listen to that. It has incredible perspective that, that like, in in some way like mirrors experience that i've had in like the latino side of gaming and in other ways so so much eclipses any of the terrible things that i've had happen with me uh like it is so important that we as that we as people and we as gamers stand up for black people and do everything that we can and part of that is getting informed and listening and this is a way within our tiny tabletop RPG space to be more informed on how we can how we can help and how we can be more connected to to like solutions and to moving forward. And yeah. so we'll we said at the top of the episode and we'll say it again here. Go donate. Uh we're we've been <laughs> we've been donating. Hmm. We're donating uh uh, do you know how much it is from the Patreon? It was two hundred dollars. I donated two hundred. Two hundred dollars from the from the Patreon, uh, and we we've both also been doing, doing doing that uh, just privately on our own. Yeah. And we would encourage you to do the same. There's a lot of people that need a lot of help, and let's let's rally together and keep the emotion and keep the enthusiasm going. This cannot end after this cannot end after a week. Yeah, this has to continue, not. and we. So are counting on you to do that. We're going to try to do our very best to do the same. Yeah. So I will for real. I know we say this a lot and I don't actually put stuff in the show notes. I will for real put the link to that YouTube video in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> go watch it. Yeah. Uh, but you can, if you want to talk to us about currency, if you want to talk to us about uh, that video, if you want to talk to us about black lives matter, um, you can always tweet at me or tweet it, tweet at us as a, as a, as a, as a podcast at stop hack and roll or individually i'm at end the meltdowns and i'm at below and gambetta i've been tweeting pretty much retweeting everything i can find and so like there's so many people that could use help right now and there's so many amazing businesses and products that people can can like you know get and be helping somebody out and this is this is really important this is more important than any game thing going on so we were able to donate two hundred dollars yeah to the the bail project which is there to help people uh to get people out of jail but also to fight the the bail system the money bail system yeah. which is is a is a huge problem all over the country and we were able to do that because of the people who support us 
um, uh, in making this podcast month after month. And so we had that money in our account that we were able to help other people um, who needed that. Uh, and so uh, we do, yeah, we do all of this with the support of the, of you guys, the Patreon backers. Um, we had a couple new backers, Petri, Lionin, uh, Kettle and Clock, who I think is an old backer who's come back, and Ura238. Um, and then also thank some of our old favorites, like Sean Knight, Refined Ursine, Matthew Molyneux, uh, Devin White, Siobhan Gartland, uh, Rogue, Schindler, Benj, and Daniel Hyatt. If you'd like to support our show and help us make these podcasts and make us uh, help us make a difference in the community where we can, uh, then go check us out at patreon.com slash stop back and roll. And if you'd like yeah. to join in conversations with us about games and the future of games and mechanics and everything like that, you can check us out on Discord. We're at uh, discord.com slash tinyurl.com slash shr discord or discord.stopbackandroll.com. So as you are working on your homebrew game, uh, trying to figure out a way to add just one, maybe three more pools of currency <laughs> to uh, to put some stuff in so you can have more things moving around, moving, grooving, you know. Um, three pools that you should not forget to include are stop, hack, and roll. Stop.